Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mentors. Right now, we are continuing our interview with Trey Cockrum. Last we left off, he was talking about his student-led, student-owned mastermind session that he got to sit in on. Now, we're about to dive into private and public victories, seeing value in what you do, the ability to find self-worth, and the importance of bettering life through responsibility. And if you'd like a streamlined view of the biggest concepts and some mental exercises, there's a free resource article titled Upholding Responsibility and Self-Worth that you can find in the bio link below. And with that, let's jump back into the interview. No, and I think that's like one of the best things you can do for yourself because I was listening to a book review you did because on like, I mean, you can never deny it when you read a book, it really does shape your worldview and you can leave or you put it and you're like, Hey, these are the most impactful things for me. And mm-hmm. one of them was like seven habits of highly effective people. And another one was, um, a man thinketh. I can't pronounce it. I don't As a man thinketh by James Allen. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. That one. And those really struck you because they help change your worldview and perception. And I'm really glad that you kind of said, hey, here's how it happened, here's why it happened. Another thing that you talked about in that video that I really enjoyed that I've also seen out of you is the is the private celebrations. Because again, like it's really easy to do the public celebrations. Like I wanna do the public celebrations, but mm-hmm. how, like, how have you within your lifetime been able to privately celebrate all of your wins? That's a good, that's a good question. So I've never been asked that before. So, I mean, again, I don't want to make my private celebration material public because that's not the point. But I can say <laughs> how you decide to pat yourself on the back. Like, for, I, I, I'm a huge believer, if I'm to give you a number, have like 10 huge private victories before you share one publicly. Because what's interesting is if you're constantly pushing, hey, look how cool I am, look what's going on, like it catches up to you. Because then people want to see more and they want to dig deeper and there's nothing more there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they, they learn that the car that you leased to look good is actually you owe 40 grand on and you can't pay it. Then they learn, you know, that this apartment that you say is yours is actually an Airbnb of a friend of yours and he cut you a huge deal. You know, there's all kinds of little things like that going on on social media right now. So you just want to have like layers. You want to, I, I feel secure because as people dig into me, they, they see more and more and more proof, not less and less and less. Um, mm. And so for me, my whole goal is that the more you dig in, the more you see, not the less you see. And I can honestly say two years ago, I wasn't in that place. I was in a place where the more you dig in, the less you see, not the more you see. Uh, and so for me, my whole goal is to have private, again, like direct example would be like uh, on a sales call with a potential client that wants to join Coa Media. They're like, so, okay, we need proof that this works. And I'm like, sick, share my screen, show them the ad campaign, show them the funnel, show them the call, show them the revenue generated, boom. Huge private victory I've never shared publicly. That took me six months to develop. Here you go. That pushes them over the ledge, you know, because uh-huh. having these private things that you share intentionally gives you so much leverage. It just gives you so much, like, control. And I feel secure. Even if my bank account was, like, honestly at zero, I'd still feel secure because I know that I have the back end and I have mm-hmm. the private victories. I have things that I can intentionally pull out of my pocket to move the needle again. Um so, so yeah, I just, I just, yeah, my, my whole thing, I mean, honestly, like directly I celebrate alone, like up here reading, um, in my little, uh, reading area and I'll just chill up there and, and oh, write out what awesome. I'm grateful for. Yeah. I just like take out a pen and a notepad and say, I'm grateful for this. Like I challenged one of my team members recently. He was having an issue. He's my appointment setter for one of my businesses. And what he does is he actually sources people who are active on my content on like YouTube and Instagram and stuff and actually engages with them and gets them to schedule meetings for the education side. And he, he started off getting like tons of meetings and it slowed down. 
and it turned out it was it was a core issue he was no longer grateful for where he was i told him mm -hmm. your exercise to get more appointments for me isn't any script it isn't any sort of method it's to go sit down take two days off man i literally bribed him gave him 100 bucks to take two days off and go sit down write out everything he's grateful for i said i don't want you to come back with anything less than 100 specific things that you're grateful for and that you've prayed about and meditated on then come back around and i guarantee you, you'll be back where you were when you started with me and so yeah, just that's that's my favorite practice. It's just intentionally thinking about how far I've come and just being grateful for it. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so curious. How did you figure out that his that that, that you know that was his core issue? Because he was demotivated. So like when you're demotivated, it means because it's probably because you don't see the value in what you're doing. And what's interesting is that it's literally a choice whether you do or don't see the value in what you're doing. So Mike Rowe has a really cool quote. He's like, don't look at, don't try and find the passion. Just take your passion with you and implement it into whatever you're doing. I honestly, though I do really enjoy what I do on a, on a, just a base level. I don't have to think about how I enjoy it in order to enjoy it. There have been times where I'm like, I'm out of this. I'm just like, there's like two or three day periods where I'm just like, this sucks. I hate this. I don't care how much money I'm making. There's too much pressure. There's too much on me. I, I'm just going to sell this place, sell my furniture, get out of here. Like, you know, but I have to go back to why I'm grateful. So whenever I'm like, quote, demotivated, uh, which, you know, I don't think you should rely on motivation in the first place, really you should rely on habits, disciplines, worldview. Uh, mm -hmm. But whenever you're not really in, in the zone, it's probably because you're not grateful for what you have. Uh, and I know that to be true for everybody. Gratefulness breeds creativity and, quote, motivation, even though you shouldn't, again, rely on it. It breeds yeah. a feeling of, of intent that gives you intent in your daily life so you're no longer operating blind. Uh, so I think most people, you know, they're not grateful even with everything that's going on in our country, they're still not grateful to be here. And one of the best times to be an entrepreneur, and it's a sad thing. That's what I see happening in our culture. And if there's one thing that I would like die over, it's that we as a culture are not grateful enough. I can definitely understand that. I mean, it, and it is hard. It is hard to be grateful when you kind of already have everything set up for you. Not that all Americans do, not that our yeah. culture does in general, but like yes. even when going to college, I've seen a lot of people kind of throw a lot of things away yep. just because they're like, Oh, it's fine. It's gonna, it's fine. And I'm like, no, it's, it's not fine. Like you got to figure this stuff out and you have to make sure that everything's yep. correct and everything's proper or else you're going to fail yep. in the long run. Yep. I'm super curious. I'm super curious because you kind of like flipped your camera up and showed me the upstairs. What is yeah. your daily routine like? Is, is that journaling sure. a part of your everyday? Uh, it's not a part of my everyday. I do it every Sunday though. Uh, so basically what I'll do is uh, my daily routine, I'll just, I'll just give it to you straight. So I, I only work like five, six hours a day. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they feel like the longer they work, the more they get done. I think that's completely false. I think if you limit your work day, you're actually forced to do what matters instead of doing everything. When you say I'm gonna work all the time, you give yourself permission to do things that don't matter and then you end up not moving the needle. So I work five, six hours a day. I plan the next day at the end of my work day so I know what I'm doing the next day and that way my work continues to feed into itself and build that natural momentum. Um, and I plan it hour by hour. Um, and then uh, leading up to my work, which I'll start about like nine or 10 a.m., uh, I'm either at the gym, on a run, or listening to a book. Um, I, I fast until about noon or one. So I'll take a break from work for about a half hour. I'll either cook or as I told you, uh, DoorDash. And sometimes it doesn't get to my apartment. So I'm actually probably <laughs> going to take another break after this and, and go ahead and cook. Um, and um, yeah, I'll try and sleep at least eight hours a night. So I'll go to bed at about 9 or 10 p.m., wake up 6 to 7, sometimes 8 a.m. Um, and I wear something called an aura ring, which actually tracks my sleep. So I know how well I'm sleeping. Uh, and this has been a oh, wow. total game changer for me. Because what it does for me is it actually tells me like 
literally like, hey, you didn't get enough sleep last night. You know, you should go to bed at this time. And the energy that you get from that, like I drink caffeine, but I don't need it because I'm naturally in tune with my biological rhythm, making sure that my rhythm throughout the day and my circadian rhythm, which kind of directs how you go to sleep and how you wake up is on track so that I can be the best I can be in that five, six hour period when I'm working. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my routine towards the end of the day. Honestly, I don't work. I'm a total slob. Like after 6 PM, I'm like playing video games. I'm with my girlfriend. I'm just doing all 20 year old stuff. Um, because <laughs> I can't be work brain all the time. Uh, you have to learn how to push and pull, uh, because otherwise your push starts, stops losing its power. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like reps in the gym. You can't just squeeze a weight for an hour and expect that it's going to work out. It's up, it's down, right? Uh, yeah. it's sleep, it's awake, it's light, it's dark. You have to push and pull. Um, and so a lot of entrepreneurs are addicted to the push. Uh, and so I had to really break that too, because it's often a very ego driven thing, um, to want it, to feel productive all the time. So, uh, yeah, five, six hour work block, uh, in the middle of the day, about 10 AM to about four, sometimes 5 PM. And uh, I just don't work after that. I hang out with my girlfriend or I'll read a book or I'll play some video games uh, and just do normal stuff. Uh, I live downtown. So I'll walk around downtown sometimes, take an extra run if I'm in the mood for it. Um, and that's my routine. That's awesome. I yeah. like just, just hearing about that alone, it, you just, you just constantly push value. And I think that's awesome. Like you're just listening to you. You're like, yeah, I'll tell you about my workout routine, but also life. Like I got to give you some life advice too. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and I adore it. Like you are very, yeah. You are very, and I think like to quote you, like you're very other centered, you know, you want to give, you want to build that relationship. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, like, again, like you need to be, like you need to be praised for this, like, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, because not you, a lot of people don't take the time to be that or to do that, uh, yeah. especially in the entrepreneurial field, especially in the quote unquote yeah. self-help field. You're not necessarily oh, yeah. in that field, but you know. Um, I'm leaning that way for sure. Yeah. Do, yeah. You know, lean that way, lean that way. You know, you need young people that are sensible that can come to the platform and say, Hey, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you how to be a hype beast, but I can tell you how to, you know, live comfortably. I can tell you how to be okay with yourself. It's just like yeah. a huge thing For right sure. now. How did sure. you, how did you develop and how did you, you know, find, you find the self-awareness and build that perspective within yourself? That's a good question. Um, anybody that's wondering that read the book psycho by Dr. Maxwell Maltz. He talks about the self-image and how it directs you completely. I'm sure you're laughing because you've heard me bring it up a million times through my content. Yeah, uh, but it's like one of my favorite books of all time. I've got my girlfriend going through it, and she's loving it. I'm actually helping her start her business as well, and it's probably the most important thing. It's the self-image. What you feel worthy of, you're probably going to optimize for. Uh, and I'm putting out a video soon on YouTube, uh, basically how to stop self-sabotage. Uh, because even though I run an education company, we help people attract and sell clients on marketing services. I believe that the most important element that I can fix for somebody is what's going on in their head. Because again, there's no such thing as business problems, just personal problems that show up in your business. So I need to give them like an hour of technical and then like 10 hours of mindset. And that's how we operate. That's why we have the best performing students in the entire industry. Um, and so for me, um, to, to go back to your question, how did I become that self-aware? I just began to notice problems. I began to notice I was self-sabotaging. I saw people that were around me uh, and it was kind of a jealousy thing. Like I saw them succeeding at things that I was working just as hard at them at. And I was wondering, what's what's the difference? What's really... Why is it that I can put in eight to 10 hour days, work my face off and I see nothing. Whereas people over here are just putting in two or three hour days. And it's just like, they're attracting success. Like what's the, what's the difference. Uh, and it came down to what they felt they deserved, which I didn't know at the time. Uh, and I happened to run into Dr. Maxwell Maltz and his work. Um, and also Jim Rohn is also a, a big proponent of that idea for me that what you think you're capable of, you're probably going to optimize your life for. Um, and I just realized that I had a poor self image. I had this idea that I was like, not capable 
And what's interesting is that it's not, it's not those people that you meet who don't feel capable, they don't look humble. They're actually the biggest egos in the game because they feel they need to overcompensate. Yeah. Uh, and yes. so, you, you know what I'm saying? So like I, I was overcompensating in all kinds of ways. I was, I was loud. I was boastful. Uh, you know, if somebody were asking how much money I had to make, literally I would lie about it. Um, and there's all kinds of like things going on there that I had to deal with at the time. When I got on the other side of that and just began to accept that I was where I was and it was my job to grow where I was and took total responsibility for my state, uh, that's when I began to grow because we live in a culture where it's just so easy to point fingers. Now, granted, there's certain movements and certain things, certain things going on, but completely separate from that, you are in charge. Like who you are, who you become, you, it's, it's up to you, man. And all that responsibility is on your shoulders, every single bit of it. Uh, and so I think it's really important that we as a culture, and for me, myself personally, if I could just speak for myself, the best thing I did was take responsibility. And I would venture to say that that's the best thing most people can do, is to just be like, all right, I am who I am. I've got all this crap. I'm an egotistical, crappy person. I need to work on that and, and, and fix what's going on in my brain, because otherwise, it's a short-term play. There's, there's other sorts of debt than just financial. If you are making short-term plays, like having a huge ego, you're going to have to pay that off in your 50s by having a poor relationship with your family relationship with your kids there's other forms of debt you've got to understand that when you're making these short-term plays you're just not benefiting yourself um so that's when i re like it really woke up that one day it was the total god thing like he just called me out he was like dude you're your crap like you are not who you know you can be and it's time to start working on that and it was probably about two years ago i really became convicted that i want to start a journey that will never end of constant adjustment and growth in myself and in my head that allows me to build it, build the business I want to build, build the relationships I want to build. It's all one thing. You don't have a business life, personal life, family life. It's all one big, crazy, nasty mess or one big success. Yeah. Uh, and it starts with you, your habits and who you think you are. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what started it. I couldn't say there was a specific moment, but it was just realizing that I could be a lot more than I was. Well, you know, and I think that because again, what you're essentially doing there is you're killing your ego. And I bet like, because of that, you could let go at that point. Because a lot of people don't want to let go of their ego because they're like, hey, I have this identity, I have this need, and I need to be seen yeah. and understood and heard. But when yeah. you let go of that, you receive so much more than you yeah. thought you were going to. Oh, so 100%. how did that feel like, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, what's the Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday is an awesome author. He's got a great book, Ego is the Enemy. And it basically makes a logical case for why having a big ego actually doesn't help you. And um, you know, for me, it's, it was a huge thing I had to realize because I always thought to be successful in business, you have to be a pushy and kind of like make, make your way, you know, this typical like entrepreneur type, like you look at like Steve Jobs, brilliant entrepreneur, huge creative type. But you know, if he had like a review site on Yelp or something, people would not like working with him. He'd be like a 1.5 star associate. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just the typical entrepreneur vibe. You gotta be a jerk to get what you want. You have to push it. Uh, and that's just not true. Um, not true at all. So Really, basically your question what was, is what was it like to see the results of having come over or overcome those issues? Yeah, yeah, of letting go, yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like once you let go, you free yourself to make the decisions that you actually know you're supposed to make. Um, like literally, it stops being what will they think, what will they, like in order for me to make a decision, I'm only looking at one variable. Like, does this help me? And of course, there's a bunch of little things within that. Like, does it help my students? Does it help the people around me? Does it help the bank account? Does it help, you know, the, the business grow? But like, does it help me? And once you really understand what truly helps you, it's just easy to make decisions. When you have a large ego, it's what do they think? What will my dad think? What will my friends think? What will blah, 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 blah. And like, what will they think is the first thing that comes to your brain. If that's the first thing that comes to your brain when you're making a decision, you probably have an issue. 
And that's what I had to realize is that like, that was where I was going to make any decisions. It was, what will they think? Uh, and, and what's interesting is that people's opinions change and what they look for changes. And so you just become this fluttering, like feather in the wind with no real foundation to how you're behaving. You mm -hmm. are purely behaving in reactionary mode. There's no offensive game for you. It is purely defensive. And so you can't actually build anything off of that foundation. Defensive is no game to play permanently. It's a mix of both. It's a mix of both. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was just, it was pretty quick, honestly, like within it, like six months to a year of me just really deciding, you know what, I'm blessed. I'm grateful. I'm excited for the future. I don't care what people think. I'm going to build what I know I want. I'm going to build. And if some people leave my life because of it, tall poppy syndrome, whatever, so be it. I, I, I glory to God. I'm blessed. I'm grateful for everything that I've got. And ultimately it's not mine. I'm just a steward. I'm just trying to do well with the body and life that I've been given. And if that hurts some people's feelings, that's, I'm sorry, but uh, it's not my job to maintain that. It's just simply mm -hmm. not my job. I think it's really, I think it's really interesting because you were one of the first young entrepreneurs to cut to, for me to watch and come into my life and be very faithful. Does that make sense? Cause yeah. you don't, cause you don't see that a lot just in general. I'm not saying yeah, within sure. entrepreneurs, but you just don't see faith driven things all too often because it's, yeah. you know, there's a lot of fear within it. Like what's, what are people going to say? Yeah. And I like, how do you, and yeah, you weave, you weave faith and you weave your God, you know, your, your godliness throughout a lot of things that you do. So how have mm -hmm. you been able to maintain this? Cause a lot of times people, when they think of money, they think of, Oh, corporate, yeah. Oh, like soul sucking, but yeah. you know, you add a lot of value to it. So how have you been able to show your students that you blend the two? Yeah, for sure. And just, just real quick before I answer that question, you said, how do you weave your godliness? I'm not godly. We're all broken, but I do want to answer the <laughs> yeah. question. Uh, I do want to answer your question. So uh, really, honestly, like when you truly believe in something and you know it to be true and it's a foundational thing for you, it just feels, it feels like you're breaking a code in your brain to reject. Like I grew up in that environment and I know the benefits of believing in God, having a relationship with Christ, these, these important concepts. Uh, and it was funny, I, recently I got interviewed on that channel that I told you about. I'm starting to say yes to more interviews because it's just, I'm realizing it kind of helps. Yes, it um, does. Yes, and, it does. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's like got like 200,000 subscribers. He's an internet marketer and the dude is really considered kind of like a recluse. Like he goes clubbing and he goes, and he's asking me, how did I grow up to the point where I was? And it's so funny. Like I dropped God, I dropped Christ and these things there because his whole audience is other young guys that are wanting to go clubbing and like abuse the money and all this bull crap. And, mm -hmm. uh, you'll realize that like, even at, like, here's, 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 here's a selfish reason to be honest with you. Why I also share, I attract, you attract who you are. And I want more people in my life that think like me. And so I'm going to say how I think and not worry about making sure that the way I say it sounds good, but just make sure that what I think is actually what I think and that I just let there be a direct line from brain and heart to mouth. Um, and so then I attract people that like, like Koa Media, most of our clients are Christian. Most of our students are also have a faith tie of some kind. It's interesting. We have uh, Saturday, um, you know, Q&A calls, like we have 20, 30 people on these calls and I'm just answering questions about their businesses. And uh, some people can't make it because that's their Sabbath. It's the coolest thing. It's like some people can't make it, so you have to record it and give it to them later. Uh, and so I'm all about having a faith-based foundation. Now, if you don't have it, like literally come check out our stuff still. I literally couldn't care less from my perspective. Like, but it's my core belief, and you attract who you are. And uh, what's interesting is, is if you hold so righteously to something you believe, whether it's on one end of the spectrum or another, and you're also succeeding, and you're an authority, you have a lot of power. You have a lot of power and it's, it's just a very cool thing as somebody who's a believer to be able to say that like one of our top students is coming out to Indy soon and I get the chance to baptize him, which is just a phenomenal Whoa. thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, Have you done that before? Cool. How do you feel about never, that? Never baptized somebody before. Yeah, never done it. Wow. So he starts from scratch. He was a sales guy at, at actually a competing company of ours, which is really cool. And yeah. uh, he comes over, joins our program, scales way up. He's at like 50 grand a month. Him and his fiance are coming to Indy soon. Uh, and I get to baptize him um, at uh, Park here, here locally. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. So oh like when, gosh, you just speak, when you just speak who you are, like it just, it, it moves mountains. Don't adjust who you are for what people want to see. Just forget that ego thing. Think about what do I actually believe and like just implement that into what you do. And it gets so much easier to succeed because now I'm not waking up, putting on a mask in order to run my business. I'm waking up running my business. And then I hit stop on that. And I go hang out with my girlfriend. It's the same person. You're getting the same person in all environments. Some things may change like my tonality and like my, like, how loud I am, like, but like, it's the same belief system. Yeah. It's the same person. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that for you so much, especially the fact that you're about to, you know, baptize a, you know, a student of yours. That's fantastic. It's pretty sweet. I, I honestly, it's great. It's totally not of me. It's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Right. Where are you going to do it? Like at a park? So is there like a yeah, pond so, or a lake uh, nearby? Southwest, Southwest way. Are you familiar? Uh, they've got that huge river that flows through. Yeah. We're gonna yes. Get there. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, that's gonna be beautiful. Get some good, get some like good young photographers, take some pictures of it. Yeah, potentially, potentially. Yeah, I'm not gonna say his name. I'm not sure if he's gonna let me like, like share it or anything. He's comfortable with me sharing that it's happening, but I'm not gonna say his name because it's a very private thing. So we may or may not document it. Yeah, 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 no, it's always, yeah, that's that, that kind of stuff is really personal. And mm-hmm. Trey, I literally, I could talk to you for hours and like, I, and I don't really even want to say, Hey, where can everyone find you? I will have a bunch of resources below. Cool. So I I, the question I want to ask you leaving off is like, what does it take to be a student of yours? You know, what kind yeah, of, people- so honestly, like, uh, to be a student of our program. So the, our flagship program is called the six figure marketing consultant. And it helps people either from scratch or if you have an existing consulting or agency business, we help you scale. Uh, we walk people through a whole process that I've proven out for myself and tons of other students. And so really where you can find me, whether you are interested in co-media services or actually joining our programs, Instagram is a great place to find me. Honestly, just shoot me a message. Uh, say you came from Ava's interview and, and I'll happily speak with you personally. Otherwise, it'll probably be an appointment setter or like a team member in there because I have to focus on my end of things. So tell me you came from Ava's interview It'll be me on the other end, and we'll see if you're in a good spot. We'll probably get a call, see where you're coming from, and I won't make any offers to anybody that I don't think are good fits, uh, and that's a thing that I really stick by. If I honestly think we can help you, I'll make you an offer. Otherwise, I'll send you on your way. Yeah. Trey, cool. thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for like notifying the audience, and thank you, literally thank you so much for being on. You blew me yeah. away. For sure. Thanks, Dave. appreciate you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this interview series. I would love to know some of your best takeaways. You can find me easily on LinkedIn or Instagram just by searching Ava Wetrick, and I'll happily get back to you and have a conversation. If you really enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a rating in iTunes. That act will compound in ways that I can't even imagine. As you have just found a mentor here, go out into the world and see who you can be a mentor to today.